What is up, kangaroo chasers? And you weren't expecting to hear from me until February. In fact, look, I am in hibernation until February. Season four of Chasing Kangaroos will be back and we'll be running straight into the World Cup, which it's going to be an exciting season and we need the rest. We need to hibernate on the podcast. Um, But plenty of big news happening in the world of international rugby league and and, rugby league all over the place, really. There's plenty going on. Ottawa Ace is relocating NRL with a new club, two French clubs in the Super League and a whole host of internationals. It's all been happening and we've been talking about it on the socials. If you're following us at Chasing Roos on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, you can also get me on, a, on at Chasing Roos Pod on Twitter as well. And uh, thanks to all of you for following along, liking, sharing, commenting and interacting with us on the DMs as well. It's been great to have these conversations. But the one thing that kept coming up in the DMs was, Oh, you're going to talk about Ottawa. You're going to record a podcast about the Dolphins. Oh, you're going to talk about Toulouse. And um, I kind of just felt the itch, you know. The cob- the cobwebs are there. I feel a little bit rusty. I've recorded this intro nine or ten times, so hopefully this one is the one. But it's great to be talking again. Uh, there's plenty to talk about. And, uh, yeah, let's just go with this bonus episode uh, for the off-season. So without any further ado, I'm Michael Carboni. And this is episode 126 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Like I said, plenty to talk about. Uh, so thank you. Look, if you're if you're a regular listener of the podcast, thanks for uh, for waiting patiently for this one to drop. Because, like I said in the intro, a few people asking for this one. Uh, there's plenty to talk about, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I really, I I want, to, I wanted to do it. I'm not going to lie. I've been itching for it, and I uh, just needed to needed to get this one off my chest because there's a, a, quite a bit going on around the world of rugby league before we really go into deep hibernation uh, up until February. But guys, plenty to talk about, and we'll start with the most recent news. Uh, so Ottawa Aces announced over the weekend in a public statement that uh, the club leaving the uh, leaving Canada and relocating back to the UK, um, disappointing news, I think, because, you know, rugby league in Canada, you know, since the Toronto Wolfpack news almost a year ago now, um, you know, the hope was that, you know, at least Ottawa was still there holding on and, and doing their best to, to start in League One and make their way up. But that now, that dream is uh, not going to be a reality. Um, and look, can you, it's just all about the timing, really. Can you blame them? I mean, COVID's still a thing. International travel's still difficult. And if you're in the League One, if you're one of the other clubs in the League One, part-time, you know, you have, you have a full-time job, you play rugby league in your part-time you're not getting paid a hell of a lot to play very hard to travel to canada 
take any sort of time off or anything like that, especially when there's this pandemic still going. And look, 2022, things are still looking like there's, I mean, things have obviously changed. They're changing all the time, but things still going to be around next year. And, you know, it just made things increasingly difficult. I do know that um, the administrators from the Ottawa ACEs, uh, they they explored every option. I spoke to them personally uh, a few days ago just to see exactly what had went on. Uh, they explored every option to stay in Canada. Just became way too difficult, way too costly given the circumstances. It's a real shame because without COVID, you know, who knows where the Wolfpack would be right now and Ottawa would be into their second season, I guess, a League One, potentially moving up to championship depending on how they went. But, you know, that's all hypothetical stuff now. And uh, here it is, the second Canadian club uh, trying to enter the UK pyramid and, you know, pretty much this one, you know, before it even began, unable to get off the ground here because of COVID, which is tricky. And um, the big questions are really, you know, where will they be moving to? And they're going to announce that in a couple of weeks' time. Um, there's been some speculation, you know, Bradford, parts of, part of Scotland or Ireland or, you know, maybe part of Wales. I think the, the sentiment is that people want to see them in an expansion area, and I think that would be sort of a, a nice trade-off. You know, if they can't be in Canada then they need to be in an in expansion area. Uh, the first one that sprung to mind for me was London, just because of the old Hemel connection. I know that we've already got a couple of, of clubs in London through Broncos and Scholars, but to have a, a, a fully professional outfit uh, in the Aces playing in London and uh, you know a little bit of marketing power and dollars behind it, I think could be a good thing. Uh, so that's the first thing that sprung to mind for me. The other one that is looking like a favourite at the moment is Liverpool, which is interesting. Uh, obviously surrounded by Rugby League Heartland, but not exactly a Rugby League Heartland. Of course, St Helens, very close to Liverpool. It's in a few other clubs as well. Uh, but Liverpool, you know, a powerhouse in football and, you know, a highly recognised city worldwide in its own right. So that one would be interesting as well. But look, I don't know where it's going to be. I uh, I did ask the question of the administrators of of the aces and they said all they could say to me was look it's a it's a rugby league positive and forward thinking move so we might be a little bit surprised by it uh, but when you think about it it's going to make a lot of sense that's what they told me i can only quote that and um you know those are all the clues we have at the moment but will be interesting to see where they land and how they go so i'm assuming they're going to keep the aces name um and take on of course wherever they end up geographically so it could be midlands could be who, who knows but look i just hope forward thinking uh and positive for rugby league let's hope it's still an expansion club and we're looking at a new area for rugby league because uh it would be a damn shame to lose the aces in canada and just have them based in bradford or something something like that that'll be ridiculous but anyway uh the big question or one of the big questions that i was getting as well, and, and that I've seen on the socials as well, was will Ottawa still be in the NARL? Uh, the answer to that question is no. Um, the truth of it is the, the Aces sort of left the NARL a few months ago. So when the NAR, NARL season, so the Aces were meant to play uh, the Wolfpack in the Canada Cup this year. When the, um, when the NARL season was postponed to next year, the Aces began to sort of shift away and, and distance themselves from the NARL. So the Aces were always going to play, you know, or try and play uh, League One with a more of a UK sort of base side or, or, you know, players from the UK. 
and then have an NARL team, which would be, you know, made up of mainly Canadian and, and North American players, uh, which I think was a good plan. But, you know, once the NARL season sort of was, was postponed until 2022 for the NARL, the Aces fully distanced themselves. And that's why we saw DC Cavalry go up to Toronto to take on the Wolfpack in that Canada Cup match, which, which we, we saw a, f- a few months ago now. But um, yeah, so to answer that question, guys, Ottawa Aces will not be taking part in the NARL. And from a League One UK pyramid perspective, definitely relocating. And we'll find out where to in the UK in the next couple of weeks. Uh, guys, the other big news over back on this side of the world or my side of the world here in Australia is finally uh, the NRL have announced their 17th club. They're calling it expansion, and I'm, I'm using quotation marks when I say it. You can't see me, of course, in podcast form, but uh, you know another, another Brisbane or Queensland team not really expanding the geographic footprint of the, com- of the competition, but certainly expanding the, the size of the competition from 16 to 17 clubs. Um, what do I think about this? Well, look, Redcliffe Dolphins always like them, one of the most uh, powerful clubs in the Queensland Cup and have a great history. They date back to the 40s, I believe. Uh, so there's, they're older than some some of the New South Wales-based um, NRL sides. And so they've got a great history and a very rich and powerful club as well. So it makes a lot of sense. I'm glad it, I'm glad it was the Dolphins because they, they do have that history and, and the power there. So it was a good choice. The other choices, you know, it was a very strong field. But I've got to say, this uh, lack of a geographic name, like they're calling themselves the Dolphins. And at, at first I thought, okay, maybe they're just, you know, going to wait and see or select a name before the season starts. But it appears as though they're just going with the Dolphins. Um, what do I think about that? Uh, I fucking hate it, to be honest with you. And I'm sorry to be negative, but... I don't like it at all from a marketing perspective. Um, they need to represent something. And I, I just feel like it's kind of a typical rugby league thing where they're like, oh, we don't want <laughs> to alienate a few people, so we're just not going to alienate anyone and not really represent anyone. Uh, to me, it's a little bit ridiculous. Um, you know, I didn't want it to be called. I didn't want them to be called. And I said it on this podcast a few times. I thought, okay, Redcliffe Dolphins, if they come in, you know, they're going to have to change their name because I didn't want, an, I, I don't want the direction or the future for the NRL to be, or for new clubs to be, you know, suburban titles and names. Like we have a few of those in Sydney and, you know, of course it comes from the history and you could argue that Redcliffe, you know, has a similar history to these clubs, but I still think moving forward, we need to steer clear of, of suburban names. So I'm glad they didn't go that direction, but even that would have been better than just the Dolphins. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, and I hope they change it. And a couple of options for me, there's actually two that stand out for me that I've seen on the socials, and I'll tell you the reasoning why I like these two. So the first one, my initial my initial thought was um, Brisbane Dolphins. And look, I know we have a Brisbane Broncos, but to me I just thought we could mirror the great New York sporting rivalries, you know, the New York Yankees and the New York Mets, the New York Giants and the New York Jets, the New York Knicks and, and the Nets. Um, but uh, maybe that one doesn't count. But anyway, the um, the Brisbane Broncos and the the Brisbane Dolphins. I think you could build a real rivalry around that. Pretty much have the Dolphins from in the north of Brisbane and everything, you know, up to the Sunshine Coast, representing that whole area. 
and the Broncos are representing, you know, the south of the city all the way down to Ipswich and, and so on. So I think there could have been a, there could be a great rivalry if you do that. Two Brisbane teams, it's a real New York style rivalry in what is arguably the capital of rugby league, or that's what Queenslanders will tell you. So I think that would make a lot of sense. The other one that's growing on me, the other option that's growing on me is the Sunshine State Dolphins. Uh, again, a little bit of an American vibe with the uh, Golden State Warriors, but Sunshine State to me, if they wanted to, if they wanted to represent a huge area without really alienating anyone, but still represent someone, something, then Sunshine State would be perfect. You know, Sunshine State, obviously, Brisbane, uh, Queensland, sorry, is the Sunshine State for anyone outside of Australia that, that we refer to Queensland as the Sunshine State, but obviously Redcliffe and that whole area. Uh, the north of Brisbane is the Sunshine Coast. So I just think that that sounds really cool. It's very market, marketable. It's a broad base. They could still play games in Brisbane and up in Redcliffe. And I just think that would make a lot more sense than just calling them the Dolphins. So I won't rant too much about this anymore, but to me, they need to choose an, a name. It can't just be the Dolphins. And I hope I hope they see some sense and their marketing people see some sense because I think they can be a really strong club. Uh, what excites me even more, though, about club number 17 is, uh, you know, as Andrew Abdo said, what comes after 17 is 18. And, um, you know, we've heard Peter Volandis, this is, you know, say, tell the uh, the Bombers and, uh, sorry, the Jets, not the Bombers, our friends our friends at the Jets and the Firehawks that, you know, they should still keep fighting because they could, they could get that 18th spot. I think it's a little bit slack to to the Jets who've been via the Bombers have been trying for 15 years to try, you know, kind of stringing them along a little bit. I think that's kind of slack. But to me, uh, oh man, I hope we don't get a third Brisbane team as team number 18. That would um, that would piss me off more than the name the Dolphins. Uh, look, as an ex- and I know. Look, sorry Brisbane Brisbane people, sorry uh, Queenslanders. I know, I know Queensland Brisbane probably the capital of rugby league in the world at the moment but i want to see expansion geographically not just in numbers and we've got our second brisbane team we've now got four queensland teams i think that's amazing there might be a fifth in the future who knows how things go Uh, but i really want to see some expansion into perth or a second new zealand team next Uh, if you if i was a betting man i'd be saying we'd be getting a second new zealand team probably wellington or christchurch uh, and I think that announcement at this stage would be made around 23, 24. So I'm hoping for either New Zealand 2 or Perth as team number 18. Uh, let's see how we go. Uh, but isn't it funny? We've been talking about expansion for over a decade and we get that team. We, we expand. We're still talking about expansion. We'll never stop talking about expansion. But uh, we'll be interesting to see how that goes. But look, good luck to the Dolphins. Uh, pick a name, guys. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting having a new club and a few extra games next year in the NRL. Guys, uh, speaking of new clubs, let's talk a little bit of French rugby league in the UK pyramid. Of course, we've had two French clubs in the grand final, so Super League grand final. We saw Catalans go down to to the Saints, 12-10. And um, a lot of you pointed out on the socials that I was obviously very happy before that game because I had the Saints, my team, and the Dragons, my other team, playing each other. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, and what I found really interesting, or from my perspective, was, look, I've been a St. Helens fan since the late 90s uh, because I'm a St. George Illawarra Dragons fan. 
So, you know, I just went for the Saints. They wore a big red V back then, and they had some great players, Cunningham, Skullfort, really great team back then. So I've supported Saints since then. Uh, but when the Dragons came in, when Catalan came in, obviously, as an expansionist, you love that French team, and they were always kind of my second team, but I always wanted them to do well, obviously, for French Rugby League. But that love has grown more and more, and what's really funny is, in the lead-up to this grand final, I realised that I wanted Catalans to win, and they lost 12-10, which is a shame. But I think I'm a Dragons, I think I'm a Catalans fan now, guys, and I hate being the guy that flips, but I think I've got good reason to as an expansionist, and... um it's great to see that French Rugby League revival. Jimmy Maloney and the boys doing really well, and I think they they can do better next year. I know Maloney's gone. He'll be playing in the French Elite One, which is going to be fantastic as well. We should try and get him on the podcast. That would be awesome. But um, I think, you know, there's talk of Mitch Pearce coming across for three years. I think Mitch Pearce, you know, to be honest, he's getting older. He's in his early 30s now. But I think him in Super League would be fantastic. And... You know, he's he's sort of been scrutinised heavily by fans and media during his entire NRL career. But you put him in the south of France in the Super League and all of a sudden he could be a bit of a hero. And I think we're going to see some great footy out of him if he does make the move. So I think that's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great for Catalan. And um, they can go one step further next year, which I think is fantastic. And of course, next year they're going to get that French derby because um, in the championship, Toulouse, they finally did it. Um, they've been they've been promoted after their victory over Featherston, thirty four to twelve. What a game that was! I, I got up for that one. It's great to see Toulouse. They were ne- they were never in doubt, really. I think they were the stronger side for most of the game. They took their foot off the gas for a little while, but absolutely killed it. And uh, great vocal crowd at at uh, Start Toulouse at their stadium as well, which is go- it's going to be great to see Toulouse versus Catalans at that stadium next year. It's going to be incredible. And uh, I'm just excited to see two French teams in the Super League. Um, for me, look, Toulouse, they're, they're going to struggle next year unless they can get, make some signings. I think they need probably about four or five top-line players, and apparently there's money there. There's a war chest, and they're, they're targeting four or five top players as well. So it's going to be interesting to see who they go for and who they can get and how they can strengthen that side. Um, for for Super League because, yep, they've got some good young French players. They've got some decent players in and around the club as well. But for Super League standards, they're going to need they're going to need a few extras if they want to if they want to if they want to do something. You know, if they want to be competitive, and they're going to need a few signings. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go, and hopefully they can stay up. You know, I'd I'd hate for see that see them get rele- relegated after one season. Hopefully they can stay up, and uh, we can see many French derbies in the Super League for a little while longer. Uh, my interest in Super League has peaked uh, with two French clubs and I'm certainly going to be getting up to watch more games next season. I haven't watched a lot of Super League games in the last in the last 12 to 24 months, to be honest with you. So two French clubs, I'm interested and I'll be watching. And uh, can I just say as well, Featherston, and this is a comment that you're not normally going to hear from me. I'm an expansionist. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. I, I would have hated to have seen a, uh, a small town Northern English club uh, promoted to the Super League in Featherston. And no offence, again, if there's any any fans of Featherston or people from the area listening, very sorry, I apologise. But what I will say is, I, what I love about them is their, the brand that they've embraced. So they call themselves the flat cappers. They wear like their little caps or capellos, as I'll call them, their flat caps. Uh, all the fans are wearing them, the players wearing them after the game. 
And uh, I think it's really cool that they've embraced that. Okay, so to us, to us on this podcast, and and as rugby league internationalists and, and expansionists, the term flat cappers is derogatory. But um, they've sort of seen that. They've sort of taken it, embraced it, and run with it. And I really admire that as a marketing man and from a brand perspective. I admire that because they can sort of galvanise it not only their their small town but all around it, and and many of the like minded. Uh, supporters as well so i think it's a good move for them and uh yeah look they lucky to lose got the win but yeah good on you good on you featherston for getting there again uh guys that's all the big news out of the way ottawa dolphins and toulouse really but i did want to talk about a few recent internationals as well uh i stayed up uh till what was it three in the morning the other night to watch france and england uh, we had men's and women's games. Great to see that double header. So good to see France playing England uh, in Perpignan as well in the south of France, uh, the home of Catalan. Um, the women, uh, England won that quite convincingly, 40 points to four. Uh, the French women, look, they did well. The opening 20 minutes was tight. Uh, they held their own, but the English girls way too good uh, in the long run. For the French women, they haven't had a lot of footy together in the last you know, 18 to 24 months. So, They'll get better, and they'll be better for that match, but the English girls are way too strong. And then in the the men's match, uh, England 30 to France 10, and like here I was at 1.30 in the morning Sydney time, and England gets out to a 20 to nil lead after like 10 minutes, and I thought, oh man, why did I stay awake for this? I should have just went to bed. And uh, But to their credit, the French, they're probably the better side in the final hour. Um, which which says a lot. Uh, they scored two tries against England. It was thirty to ten in the end, but it was an entertaining game and uh, good to see some great young French players coming through. Uh, Le Can, uh, the six foot eight or six foot nine French giant, uh, the tallest man in the rugby league world. Great to see characters like that in the game. And look, France will improve. Uh, obviously, England missing a few top line players, but. Um, I don't think that's that's a huge excuse to be honest. It was a, it was a good quality game. It will get better, and we need to see this every year. Like France versus England, we need to see it every year. Um, for me, I'd have three games mid-season during like sort of parallel to State of Origin over here in the NRL. So I'd be seeing England France three times, and England would probably win all of those convincingly next year. And by a little bit less the year after, and a little bit less the year after that, and by 2025, hopefully they'd be close because France are building uh, towards that 25 World Cup year, and they're going to get better and better, and they need more matches like this to get better and better. Um, I've heard people, I've mentioned this on uh, on on the socials that England and France will play every year, and, and some people say things like, oh, what about Wales and Ireland and Scotland? Yeah, look, they should play too. You know, we're going to have Euros. There'll be Euros next year with all of those nations and you know England can play France mid-season and they can play Euro at the end of the season there's no reason why we can't have all of that so look I think it's great great to see the French revival and um, Catalans Toulouse and now the French international side fantastic Uh, the other match that was on uh, at time of recording it was on last night I didn't get to watch this one I wish I did but it was a school night and I stayed up late the night before so I'm getting old but uh, Jamaica v Scotland, 30 all draw, another good game. Uh, both sides with players missing, so not full strength. You know, I think Jamaica had about eight out injured. 
Scotland had a few of their top players out as well. So not at full strength, but quality or quality entertainment, I will say. Uh, Jamaica got out to a lead, 10-0. Scotland were up 24-10 and then um, 30-all at the end. So a great way to sort of wrap up the men's international season. Uh, on a side note, you know, we've had COVID, obviously, and we know we've heard all about Australia New Zealand, obviously effectively cancelling the World Cup themselves but and not playing any games. But we've had 13 internationals this year in, the, in men's rugby league. We've had three women's and I think eight or nine wheelchair internationals as well. But out of those 13 men, 17 nations played. And um, I think that's great. You know, in a year, in a COVID year, I know it's fantastic to have seen that 17 nations still played. I wish we had more. I wish we had a World Cup right now. We should be there right now. But it's not wasn't to be. But um, hats off to those 17 nations who played International Rugby League this year. And dare I say, you know, the... um. The world rankings are going to be out at the end of the year. They're going to be released. Dare I say we're going to see a few little changes and there might be some some complaints and some whinging from my side of the world. Uh, but, you know, you don't play, you don't rank. That's how it goes. But uh, good on France, England, Jamaica and Scotland. Uh, the other one, so we also had uh, Euro D. So Netherlands, uh, Czech Republic, Turkey and Malta, they all they took place over a weekend in Turkey. Uh, great event. Uh, Turkish Rugby League really put it on. They promoted it well. They got on They got on their local media channels. There was a lot of news in the lead up to this co- tournament. And uh, well done to the Chasing Kangaroos sponsored Netherlands, the Dutch Rugby League, the Orange Lions. Uh, their jerseys, fantastic. And I can say uh, you will see them on ChasingRoos.com probably in about six weeks' time. So we've ordered those in jerseys, training tees, shorts, uh, singlets. So check them out, ChasingRoos.com. They'll be coming in six weeks. Um, so, so yeah, really excited about that. But Netherlands are the champions of Group D. They beat Chechia 36-10. to 10. Uh, Jordan Schoenmacher, who we've had on the podcast before and who we've coined, we pretty much said he was a, the unofficial golden boot last year uh, because he was man of the match in the only international game between Netherlands and Germany. But Jordan scored three tries in this match, 36-10. to 10. Uh, Netherlands are the champions of Group D. Turkey, uh, they took out third place, defeating Malta 36-12. to 12. Uh, So great but from all of them. And from a Netherlands perspective, uh, they'll be promoted to Euro B, uh, which will take place in, I think, is it next year? might be next year or 23. Um, and they remain on track for a 2025 World Cup berth. So they're on that pathway uh, through Euro B. So uh, many of you probably thinking uh, they're in Euro D this year in Euro B next time, uh, what happened to Euro C? Did they skip that? Well, the answer to that is uh, next year there will effectively be a Euro A, B, C. So it'll be redrawn. I think there'll be more clubs in Euro, uh, more nations in Euro C. Uh, so the Euro D will sort of be scrapped. And that's why uh, Netherlands are being promoted. But they won winning Euro D is kind of like effectively Euro C. So does that make sense? Am I pretty much teaching everyone the alphabet? Uh-huh. Netherlands, Euro B next year, maybe a World Cup in 25. Good luck to them. Um, Speaking of Euro B, so that was taken out this year by Serbia. Serbia beating Ukraine in the grand final, 54 to 18. Uh, Serbia were the favourites, as as we mentioned a few podcasts ago, and as many of you would have have suspected as well, between Serbia, Ukraine and Russia. Um, Ukraine were a bit of a surprise packet, though. They beat Russia in the lead-up to that grand final, 96 points to 18, uh, which was huge. 
Um, I don't think anyone expected that. Uh, but it just goes to show the importance of strong domestic rugby league. So out of those th- three nations, Serbia, obviously, one of the, one of the, they play more domestic rugby league than most nations. And, and Ukraine are right up there as well. And we'll talk about them in some golden points at the end. But Ukraine right up there. They've had a few Ukrainian Super League seasons. Uh, pro- I think they've had eight seasons consistently um, with their club. So quite that sort of competition, it does harden you. For this inter- at this inter- at this level of international rugby league, so of course the importance there is that Russia um, they haven't played inter- they haven't played domestic rugby league for a little while. The plans were to come back, of course, last year, but COVID stopped that. This year, COVID stopped that, and they pretty much had a couple of training camps before this tournament, so not not the ideal preparation. Uh, and you can see that you can see that with Ukraine and Serbia uh, both beating Russia quite comprehensively, but Russia we know. Um, look, they're doing all they can to get back on the field next year. I think they will. And a few good domestic seasons under their belt. We're going to see Russia at that Serbia-Ukraine level as well. Now, Serbia, of course, winning Euro B, it means they get promoted to Euro A. So you're going to see Serbia playing the likes of Ireland, Scotland, Wales, France, maybe England um, in the next year or two. So that's going to be really huge for them. It's going to it's the first time they're really going to test themselves at a level like that and well deserved because Serbia have been doing some a lot of hard work at that level. Um, guys, a few golden points before I go. Domestically, some recent domestic rugby league news. So let's go to Lebanon Golden Point, where the grand final, the Battle of the Wolves, took place uh, between uh, two Beirut based clubs. So the Wolves and the Grey Wolves or the Lycans. So the great the Wolves won twenty six points to eighteen over the Lycans. Uh, the game was played a week later than it should have been uh, because of civil unrest in Beirut, and it's not the sort of thing we're used to um, in in our part of the world. But um, troubling times over there. Few people shot in protest and things like that. Uh, so it's not not it would be crazy to be honest with you. And I don't know what else to say about that politically. But um, grand final was played a week later and the Wolves triumphant. Um, good to see these sides coming together as well. I think symbolically, um, we, long-time listeners of this podcast would know about the sort of domestic uh, politics and trouble going on uh, with the Lebanese Rugby League. Uh, the Lycans were one of the clubs that were sort of against the the local domestic Lebanese Rugby League, and there was a few clubs that were sort of protesting against the, the administration, but... They came together, and to see the Lycans and the Wolves, probably the two strongest clubs on either side of that, you know, sort of domestic battle, come together for the grand final. I think it's pretty cool, uh, and good to see them all together. Uh, guys, a golden point to Greece. So Greece finally returns to rugby league as well. So with some domestic activity. So uh, the Greek competition again, another COVID casualty. It's been about eighteen months since they had uh, any sort of games over there, but after training returned and. They had a couple of trial matches as well, so four of the clubs got to play trial games. The Attica Rhinos defeated AEK Athens 38 points to 14, and the Aris Eagles defeated, defeated the Athens City Raiders 40 points to 6. So uh, George Stylianos and the team in Greece, congratulations on getting back on the field. We can't wait to see the progress because the progress has been fantastic. You guys keep adding teams. You probably add, added some teams whilst uh, in your COVID lockdown as well. So looking forward to see the Greek boys and girls back on the field more and more uh, in this season. Uh, guys, 
Golden Point to the Ukraine, uh, where the Kharkiv Legion defeated the Livy Tigers in the grand final. Sorry if I've pronounced those incorrectly. I've probably butchered them. But Legion uh, with the win over the Tigers, 66 points to 10. What a shellacking in the grand final. And for Legion, it's actually uh, 13 grand final wins in a row. So take that, St. George Dragons in the 50s and 60s. 13 wins, grand final wins in a row in Ukraine Rugby League. So huge effort. Um, Golden Point, Vanuatu, uh, where Rugby League again, another return. So Rugby League returned to the islands as well with the Vanuatu Nines, where uh, in the grand final, the Santo Police Forces defeated the Wild Hogs 14 points to 12. Uh, So great to see Rugby League back in Vanuatu, Greece, and all these other places as well. Of course, the French Elite ones back as well. I won't go through all of those results, but if you want to check that out, uh, check out the Facebook pages. There's, there's plenty of live streams and links and things like that. So if, you, if you're missing your NRL, you're missing your Super League, you need a bit of rugby league in the off-season, check out the Elite One because it's quite a good standard. We're going to see Jimmy Maloney over there soon and um, go Carcasson. Uh, guys, finally, a uh, big shout-out to my man Phil Brown, uh, my partner at ChasingRoos.com. We had a massive sale. Uh, on NRL Grand Final Day, and uh, thank you to all of you who took advantage of our 40% off everything in the shop sale. We had a crazy day, probably about three or four months worth of sales uh, in that day, so Phil was busy shipping jerseys all over the world, and I mean all over the world. Uh, We had jerseys from about 37 different nations shipping all over the place, uh, hundreds of orders, so uh, we are so grateful for those. Um, But what I want to say is as well is, uh, to those people who did purchase, thank you, because you're not helping Phil and I. We're not getting rich from ChasingRoos.com. In fact, I haven't made it. We don't make a cent from ChasingRoos.com. Uh, it's it's pretty much our charity or our way of giving back to rugby league around the world. So all the money we make goes back to buying new merchandise so that we can we can sell cool stuff to to big international rugby league fans and also supporting the game, the game's growth around the world, whether it be. Uh, you know, sponsoring the Brazilian Rugby League, the men and women, uh, sub- sponsoring the Netherlands Rugby League, uh, champions of Euro D, sponsoring nations like Nicaragua, helping them get their domestic setups happening, uh, sponsoring the under-12s at the Cardiff uh, Blue Dragons in Wales. Uh, so making sure the future Welsh Rugby League internationals are, are supported and have everything they need in their, in their under t- under-12s under competition. Uh, we will be announcing soon that we're we're helping... Uh, a little bit with domestic uh, Filipino rugby league. So that's a bit of a spoiler <laughs> because that hasn't been finalized yet, but we will be looking into that and helping the guys out over there in their domestic activity. So it, it's all, and that is all because of you guys, the kangaroo chasers who who purchase some awesome merchandise at chasingroos.com. So thank you. Uh, you can jump on there, buy something cool, wear it around. People ask you where you got it, got it from tell you they didn't know that they played rugby league in Albania and cool places like that. Um, but you can know that you're also supporting the growth of international rugby league by doing so because uh, the profits are going to, to a good cause or to many good causes, I should say. And and hats off to Phil Brown, as I said, my partner in crime. Uh, Phil runs uh, most of the, the back end and sends all the orders out and does all the hard work, really. I just do the pretty marketing stuff, but he does all the the real hard work. And Phil runs our YouTube channel. It's got his show, Beers with Brownie, so check that out if you're on YouTube. And if you are, give it a like, give it a follow, because this is a huge initiative from Phil, but for every 100 likes or 100 follows that we get on our YouTube channel, 
we're sending 10 Steeden chasing kangaroos or chasing roos balls to 10 different uh, developing rugby league nations. So I think we're getting close to 600 follows on YouTube and we're going to do that. We're going to do this all the way to 1,000. So we've got 10 balls that have been shipped to Vanuatu Rugby League. And if you're watching domestic Vanuatu Rugby League uh, next season, you're going to be seeing those chasing roos Steedens passed around. We're sending 10 to Ghana. You're going to see them over there. If you're listening from Ghana, you're going to have a chasing roos ball in your hand when you're playing very, very soon. Cameroon, same deal. Solomon Islands, same deal. Uh, we've just selected Greece as the fifth club, as the fifth nation, sorry, to receive some balls. So hopefully this next season of domestic Greek rugby league, you're going to see chasing roos Steedens in their hands. Uh, and when we hit 600 follows, uh, the next nation to receive some help and some chasing roos balls will be the Russian Rugby League. So we're sending balls over to Russia. So Vanuatu, Ghana, Cameroon, Solomon Islands, Greece, Russia, uh, all getting chasing roos balls. There's still four nations to go. If you're interested, let us know who you are, why you need them, what you're going to do with them. Um, and yeah, send that to, to info at chasingroos.com. And if, you're, if you want to help as well, a free way for you to help grow the game of rugby league, jump on YouTube. Uh, follow the page, ch- find us Chasing Roos, follow the page. And once we get to a 1,000, there'll be 10 nations with 10 new rugby league balls, which is a huge expense for, for some of these nations getting off the ground and really getting started. So uh, you can do your part to help and we'll certainly do our part to help as well. So big shout out to Phil, big shout out to those nations. And uh, even if you don't, I don't watch YouTube, I'm not a YouTube person, but uh, just, you know, make an account, subscribe, and uh, you'll be doing your bit to help some of these rugby league nations. So guys, that's it from me. Uh, I always surprise myself talking to myself for half an hour. I can't believe I can do it, but I can. But uh, so many, so many, so much big news around the world of rugby league and I had to just talk about that. But uh, next time you hear my voice, it'll probably be next February. So have a safe, happy holidays. We're a bit early for that, but hey, you're not going to hear me until Feb. So might as well say it. Guys, thanks for chasing kangaroos with me. Keep following on the socials and we'll talk to you real soon. Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by Manhane Sport. We are mixed and produced by Paul Murchison. Our theme music was written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. The podcast is hosted by me, Michael Carboni, and The Biggest Tiger. Views are our own. Mm-hmm.